What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show wherever you're listening to us. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we'll preview the upcoming matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. We'll also give our thoughts on the trade sending Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams and Jared Goff to the Detroit Lions. All this and more coming up on episode 180 of the Sports Kingdom Show. Coming up right now. Welcome to the sports kingdom. Welcome to the sports kingdom. Welcome to the sports kingdom. What is what is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 180 of the Sports Kingdom show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Unfortunately, Tyler couldn't make it tonight, but sitting across from me on the board, our co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Jacob, I can't see you because of the yeah, computer screen Yeah, I was just about again. to say, I was like kind of sitting across <laughs> from you, but right behind a computer. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're in the same studio as we were in last week uh, because uh, the Clippers have a game tonight and... Uh, they're using the studio uh, and need the phone lines. So uh, we are in a different studio now. Which is funny because I asked you right before we started and you said, I asked you, I said, why do you hate this studio so much? But it's not so much that you hate the studio. It's no, just, I just, hate it's the, just the computer. Yeah, no, I just yeah. hate the arrangement. No, I hate the arrangement of the studio. Is it because it's too small? It's not just too small. It's just designed poorly. Yeah, I'm, like I like, like I was saying, if we just moved the table that you're the the control board that you're sitting behind is on, if we just move it back a few inches, I could move a chair. Well, to if the you're other making side. any hand gestures right now, explaining to me, I literally cannot see them. <laughs> well, then yeah, just but, my my air diagram goes for nothing. But yeah, but just paint me a word picture. <laughs> I I mean, I just tried. If we move <laughs> the table back a few inches, I can just slide a, a table. But there's way too many wires, and if we unplug anything, that we'll we'll probably get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I don't want to start unplugging stuff because this board is already on its last limb. So Yeah, but before we talk about the preview of the big game coming up on Sunday, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 02068311. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here, so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you Quarterback. 
right. Big day coming up on Sunday, Jacob. Oh man, I think I have. I've been waiting for this day for two weeks. So much for all yeah. the food for the game. I'm not gonna lie. As much shit is talked about the Pro Bowl, not having the game this year kind of sucked. Yeah, I think it's because you expect it, and you know, you know, it's there, and you're like, ah, I'll watch it maybe. And it's like it's nice background noise. Yeah, exactly. And so it's always an option, but I think because that option gets taken away, now you're like, oh shit, I don't have anything to watch. Yeah, and I know they did the the Madden tournament with uh, a couple of the Pro Bowl guys and some celebrities, but that it, it's cool watching video yeah, games being played. Yeah, but it's not the played, same. But though. yeah, it's it, exactly. It's not yeah. the same. See, at least with the Pro Bowl, you you get to see different players highlight certain skills. But I don't know. I just it wasn't the same this year. Yeah, but anyways, on to the. The more important game, we got the the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kansas City's actually favored minus three in this matchup, uh, but the Buccaneers are the first team to play in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. It's Brady's tenth, uh, Tom Brady's Jeez. tenth Super Bowl appearance. Uh, like I said last week, he's got as many NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers and Bree, uh, Drew Brees has. And he also has more Super Bowl appearances in his 40s than both Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees have total. So that's uh, some pretty historic stuff there. And the Chiefs, they are also chasing history. Uh, they're looking to be the first team to repeat as Super Bowl champions in the NFL since the 2004 Patriots. Uh, they, The Patriots in 2003 beat the Carolina Panthers and then the Philadelphia Eagles the next year in 2004. For this matchup, I'm what I'm really looking forward to is probably the battle between the two juggernaut juggernaut offenses that that we are going to see on display uh, on Sunday and listen, I mean both defenses also in their own right uh, have been extremely dangerous when when they want to be. Well, especially for Kansas City. They're, that's one defense that, I mean, the, the Bucks, you know their defense, but with Kansas City's defense, though, it's when it shows up, it's it looks great. But when it doesn't, right. oh, it's kind of hard to watch. Right. The story the story in Kansas City is always the offense, and you you kind of never know which offense or which defense is going to show up. But they, they definitely got some playmakers out there, and I'll, I'll get to that in my X factors. But uh, the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're averaging almost 36 points per game over their last six games. So they're on a roll heading into Super Bowl 55, and they're going to need as many points as possible to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think this game is going to be a shootout. I think that these two teams are they're, they're the cream of the crop, I think, this year in the NFL. I know Rodgers is going to be the MVP. But there were obviously some holes in that team, and it it was on display in the uh, NFC Championship game where they lost to Tampa Bay and and the Buccaneers. But I mean, Kansas City and Tampa Bay they played in the regular season in Week 12, and Kansas City won that game 27 to 24. That was uh, the game that Ty Freak Tyreek Hill had three touchdowns and 269 receiving yards. So. 27 to 24, I think, is going to be on the light side. I think they're going to be a lot more points scored in this Super Bowl. Jacob, I want to know, what are you looking forward to with this matchup on Sunday? I think what I'm most looking forward to is obviously the matchup between Brady and Mahomes. I know it's kind of cliche, but 
couple years ago when he still played with New England and they were playing each other, I think it was a couple times in the regular season, and it was close. Kansas City was always right there, and you saw the season that Mahomes was having, and then you get to the AFC Championship game, and then they're that much closer just to get in there. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think I used a reference uh, last week about the Bills being that team, you know, coming back and, and facing adversity in the AFC title. But I think this is the matchup that Mahomes has been waiting for. If you're him and Andy Reid and some of the Chiefs that were still on that roster back when they played Brady in the AFC Championship game a couple of years yeah. ago, I think you, you're you you're looking forward to this matchup because you almost want revenge. I know you want your second title in two years, which is hard to do in itself, but you're kind of looking to get back at Brady. Yeah, I mean, repeating in any sport, that's that's very difficult to do. But that's that's a good point, Jacob. I think that, I mean, listen, I said it last week when we were talking about it. This is kind of similar to the matchup of Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan in 1991 with like, Magic Johnson was regarded as the greatest player of all time at that at that time and and Jordan was the young buck on the rise and that was really the after after 88 uh and he didn't make the finals in 88 but uh Tyler always references Michael Jordan's season in 1988 um but in 91 that Jordan was that young buck on the rise and obviously we saw what the the Bulls and Jordan did in the 90s so that I think that is probably the most similar comparison in terms of like the matchup of Brady versus Mahomes. Yeah, it's essentially it's the passing of the torch and you yeah, want to see exactly, it. The, exactly. only, the only difference here is that Brady regardless of his age and you know if he's 42, 43, it doesn't matter. He has not slowed down. He still down. thinks he's got probably 3 more years left and, in him. And exactly. And I, we've we've talked about it that we think he's got at least 3 more years left in the tank, but who knows because it always depends on his health and he's one of those athletes that really takes care of himself, eats well. I mean, you've seen how intense his diet is. You know, to him, a luxury snack is like avocado ice cream, for God's sakes. <laughs> and so this is why he's played so long into his in his career. And so the passing of the torch, yeah, it, it's a thing. But with Brady, you don't know when it's going to end. But I think this is why this matchup is going to be so key to watch because you see what Mahomes has given you in his first couple years in the league. But, but, but then you see what he's capable of, too. And then you see Brady's career completely stacked, and he's in his 10th Super Bowl. Like, that to me is crazy. You would have thought he'd slowed down by now. Yeah. I Listen, uh, I was saying he was slowing down five years ago, and he won probably two. I think it's probably, I think, two. He's won two Super Bowls in the last five years, I think. Yeah, well, he won the one against the Rams. So well, that's that, one. That, that one, I didn't even think he was going to get there. And then they yeah. get there, and, you know, you have confidence in the Rams because of how potent their offense looked like. We'll get to that. And then whew. we'll get to that a little later. But but yeah, overall though, I think that's the matchup. Again, as as kind of cliche and, and mainstream as it is, I think that's what we're looking forward to. And if you would have asked me who was going to the Super Bowl in the beginning of the season from the AFC, I t- would have told you the Chiefs. That I knew. But from the NFC, I didn't really have them going until they got into the playoffs. Because but once always... I saw what they did to Washington, I said, you know what? I think they got a serious shot. Well, we also could never count them out because of Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, Tyler, thing. Tyler kept them in the power rankings probably every week because of Tom Brady alone. Jeez. Well, you see, but what, not, we'll not see because, what kind of caliber player he not is. Because Tom, not because Tyler is biased with Tom Brady and all of that, but it's because that element that he brings. I mean, listen, he's – I, as much as I hate to say it, he's the GOAT, like – and if he gets a seventh Super Bowl, it'll it'll be solidified. So, and what I don't understand is that yeah, you don't have to like the guy, but you have to respect his numbers. You have to respect his track record. And with Brady, I know maybe he's not the most likable guy because of you know he played in New England and they were such a juggernaut for so many years. 
But at what point do you finally step back and say, man, this guy's put up a hell of a career and he's still going? Yeah. And- I just don't know how he how he still has doubters. I, that I don't get. And I, th- I mean, he probably thinks about it all the time, but let's not forget he was pick 199 in the draft. He is not supposed to to be no. who he is now. But, but but to me, it's it's just crazy because you have people saying, well, he's he's over and done with. I mean, I'd be the first to say that I didn't think he was going to go, and I've rooted against him in so many Super Bowls before. But it's like with this one, do I really have a side of who I'm picking? I mean, I would love Kansas City no. to, to, to win one. Well, be- hold on, hold on. Because, we'll get to, we'll get to that know? in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that, who, who we think is going to win and who we're rooting for. We'll get to that in a, in a minute. Um, one thing I want to talk about, because, I mean, everyone talks about, with these two teams, the receiving cores of Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey. And then on Tampa Bay, we got Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, uh, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown is coming back uh, after missing the NFC championship game. So we'll, we'll see what he brings to the table in the Super Bowl. Um, but the run, the run games for both of these teams I think are an interesting dynamic with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell for Kansas City and then Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones uh, the second. Uh, and, I mean, they still got LaShawn McCoy. I don't know if he's going to dress. I don't know what his his role really is with the team right now because uh, he, he kind of ended up being the odd man out in that three-man rotation. But I'm very interested to see what the run game looks like in this game because I think both teams are going to be focusing on the pass game. But Jacob, I want to know from you, what are, what are your X factors for both the chiefs and the bucks? Cause I got, I got one for each uh, team. So I, th- I thought it'd be a good idea to go through that. Well, it's funny with the chiefs. I have, I have two uh, ones on the defensive end and ones on the offensive end, but we'll start with the offense though. And that's Clyde Edwards Hilaire only because I think he's an X factor only um, only because of his injury and he didn't play very well and you know he was on and off in the in the postseason. So I think this game you really get to see. Um, well, and he's a rookie under the bright lights. Yeah, too. So, so that's that's also a big part in it too. And you know, you know this this stage is very tough. Some of them are made for it. Some of them play up to it, and then some of them don't. But with him, I he's had a, such a successful season with them. So I do want to see that you know get a little bit better in the Super Bowl. But I don't know because of his of his uh, injury status. So I don't know if he comes back 100% healthy or if he's still having some lingering issues. Uh, now, the defensive end, it's Tyron Matthew. And I think he is by far the anchor of that um, of that, of that secondary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so you're going to have a lot of targets because Brady, he's going to have plenty to choose from as receivers and tight ends go. So I think he's going to be the, the anchor for that. You know, and you, um, you can also... He wasn't one of mine, but Frank Clark last year was such a key contributor to them against that 49ers team. Oh, yeah. He's the leader of that defensive front right there. And so I think you could argue he's probably one of them. But at least for me, it's it's uh, Edward Hilaire and then uh, Matthew. Yeah. Well, so for me, for the Chiefs, I think the X factor is their offensive line and being able to give Mahomes enough time to make the play that he needs to make, which they have always done a great job at at doing that and being able to give Patrick Mahomes enough time to make a play because when Patty Mahomes has the ball in his hands, I mean, the play is never dead, but Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, they both combined for five sacks against Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game, and then there's also this guy named Nadamakan Sue, 
uh, lining up with uh, Shaquille Barrett and JPP. So those three guys are going to be gunning for Mahomes all afternoon on Sunday. So I think that the offensive line is really the X factor for the Kansas City Chiefs and being able to protect Mahomes so that they can put up all those points that they need to. Because like you said, Tom Brady has a lot of options to choose from, and they they also have a very potent offense. So, Jacob, what is your X factor for the Bucks? Well, for the Bucks, it's actually pretty interesting. I have Antonio Brown, and the reason I have him okay. is because if you really sit there and think about it, he hasn't had that good of a game. Now, you know, if you're Brady, you know who you you're— You mean a season? Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, season. Um, you know if you're Brady, you have your options, and Godwin and Evans, you know— even Gronkowski to a point will be kind of a factor in this game as he always is, you know, whether if it's his blocking and he's going to come up big in key moments because that's Brady's go-to guy. You know, he has the history with him, but you have your, you I have mean, your, he's, li- he's living with him. I know practically. Yeah. So let's, <laughs> I mean, he, I don't see why he wouldn't throw to him, but with Antonio Brown though, he hasn't that, he hasn't had a blow up game this season. And well, so, I'm, yeah, I was saying Antonio Brown lives with him. And so, Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I meant. But with um, with him, though, I just feel like he's due for a big game. So I think if he comes out big, because, again, I talked about Matthew, and if the secondary can kind of neutralize Godwin and Evans, then you're going to have to go to Gronkowski or Brown. So I think that's why he is your X factor for the Bucks. Well, Gronkowski, I think, is obviously the safety blanket. Oh, yeah, he, he for sure is going to be your, your go-to guy when when the passes are getting rough and, and you know, the, the game starts breaking apart. And Brady knows who he can go to. But I think Brown is the guy who, if he steps up, they have a legit shot at this. And it puts them over the top. Yeah, and I mean, he's really been the X factor for this team the entire season because we we didn't really know which Antonio Brown was going to show up. And I mean, when he was out there, he he did show some flashes of the old Antonio Brown. But obviously, he he got hurt. He missed the NFC Championship game. So it's it's the, it, the, the question begs, which Antonio Brown shows up on Super Bowl Sunday? See that? Yeah, that's the only reason why I put him on here is just because he's kind of been a question mark all season. You know, he's sure, been a, he's he been gets a, you. Let, uh, let's you be know. real; he's been a question mark since he left Pittsburgh. Exactly, and you haven't gotten that Antonio Brown from Pittsburgh, and so again, big question mark all season. So you don't really know what you're getting from him. A couple catches a game, you know, maybe zero catches one game, zero targets. So you never really know what you're getting out of him. So that's why I think he's the X factor for them. Yeah, and I mean, for me, my X factor for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is it's none other than the man himself. It's Tom Brady. He he didn't have all that great of a game in the NFC Championship game. He threw three interceptions. Oh, man. Yeah, I and, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, luckily, the Packers were only able to turn those turnovers into three points, so it ended up not really making a difference since Brady also threw three touchdowns. But Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, like you mentioned, Jacob, Daniel Sorensen, Legereus Sneed, they're going to be hunting for that elusive Tom Brady Super Bowl interception that they can put on their resume and tell their grandkids about. And don't forget, like you also mentioned, Kansas City's defensive front is led by Frank Clark, and he's no joke. No, he's not. Again, he did a lot of damage to that Niners uh, line last year, and you and, saw it. And you saw what he did in the AFC, uh, the in the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. What? Wait, um, AFC or NFC? AFC, excuse me. AFC, yeah. Um, see, I, d- I pulled the Gronk again. Yeah. <laughs> um, he I, Frank Clark, I believe, had two sacks in the AFC he, championship Yeah, he did. Game. Yeah, he again, he he's a big contributor on their defense because, I mean, we mention it all the time. Well, and they, they made that trade for him, and everyone was like, wow, that really is like, that brought Kansas City to the next level, and I think that really is the move that propelled them to a Super Bowl team last year. 
Yeah, because because again, people always question their defense. You know whether it's it's elite or not. And again, when it shows up, it's it's fine. It's solid. It gets the job done. Is it by by any stretch the most elite defense? Absolutely not. But it's a, a solid defense because you have the offense doing their job and they're giving the defense rest. Yeah, and when they're they, coming in and doing what they need to do. When they make plays, they they can hold like they're they're one of the best defenses when they when they really are making plays out there. But I mean, like like I said, my X factor for the Buccaneers is Tom Brady. Um, I mean, listen, I've counted him out before. Um, I've been counting him out for years, and he keeps proving me wrong. But I mean, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs—they're they're the greatest team I've ever seen. So it's well, it is a dynasty in the making. I know it's tough to win back to back years in the NFL, but if if there is a team that I've seen in recent years that looks like a dynasty, it's this team. Yeah. And and Jacob, you you were starting to say before before we were talking about the X factors, who you were rooting for, and all of that. So, uh, I mean, it's it's so tough for me it to is. decide it is. who I think's one gonna win the game because these two teams are so good, and it, it really could go either way. But I'm a hundred percent rooting for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because I can never root for Tom Brady, but. It's so hard not to think that he's just going to come out there and dominate like the goat that he is because he is the undisputed goat. And after what he did this season, first year in the NFC, first time playing under a new coach, new offense, new everything, new city, he was able to go to another Super Bowl. Like it's it's unbelievable. And if he wins his seventh Super Bowl on Sunday, it cements that he's the goat, and I I know Patrick Mahomes is being looked at as the next coming of the goat and all of that. But seven Super Bowls is going to be tough to beat. Yeah, and I think really it just comes down to the resume. It's like which which legacy do you want to go with? Do you want to go with the one that's starting out in Mahomes, or do you want to go that already pre exists in Brady? You know, with him, you you keep seeing all the numbers get put up as far as how many Super Bowls he's been to, how many rings he could have. You know, the Dude, numbers. he can't even fit all of his rings on one hand. Yeah, now now it's just getting crazy. Now he he really can't. But yeah, at the end of the day, it just comes down to to which legacy you want to go to, and I think that's why. See, I'm I I think I'm a little bit more on the Chiefs side only because I want to see a new legacy get started. But then again, it's it's so hard to root against Brady right now, especially at this stage. Sure, it's tough to root against him in the playoffs, but when you're at the Super Bowl, this is what he was made for. I will admit, like even though I'm not rooting for him and I don't, I don't think I could ever root for him, now that he's not a Patriot, he's a little bit more likable. Yeah, there was something about him and the Patriots that like Oh, they were just the they were the evil empire. They were the Death Star. They were the, the like it's literally that I, I, the best the best comparison I can think of of not liking him when he was with the Patriots is when LeBron went to Miami. I for some oh, reason did not when LeBron like went to Miami. My, LeBron, but even but even before that, when he was with Cleveland, I was fine with LeBron. But when he goes to Miami for some reason, it just pissed me off seeing him there. And and I guess maybe mm-hmm. how they came out and said they were going to win not five, not seven, not nine. But <laughs> I think this is how Skip I see a couple numbers. Yeah. Well, whatever the number was, they didn't win that number. They won two. Um, but with Brady though, him being on the Patriots, you know, for some reason you didn't really like him that much. But on the on the Buccaneers, I think it's a little bit easier, like you said, to like him and, and maybe root for him this well, year. Well, and he's also a fucking genius on social media. Yeah. No, he he has no doubt. So that's that's I think where I give a lot of his credit to to becoming more likable 
especially since he's been away from the Patriots. But uh, but again, he's such a, he's such on a big stage right now as far as the Super Bowl. And again, he was made for this. He's ready for this. And you even heard the story about him telling a teammate who was crying when they won the NFC Championship. And he says, hey, the job's not done. You know, I mean, I cleaned it up a little bit because I don't think he said that. But <laughs> he said, the job's not done. Like, we're not finished yet. You know, this yeah. is just the beginning of it. So that mentality is what wins you Super Bowls. So, again, it's a battle of the legacy. Which one do you want to go with? And I think the biggest, biggest, biggest thing in this whole thing is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the first team to have a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Yeah, see. That's such an interesting dynamic to me. It is. And... I've also heard a couple people here and there that I've talked to that, you know, that there was a conspiracy that somehow he got there or whatever, you know, because um, I yeah, mean, to me, I don't really believe that. But it is odd, though, and I'm sure that gave him more fuel in the season saying, oh, I think that gave be... the team the team for sure used that as motivation, especially as it got closer and they they uh, they were closer and closer to the Super Bowl. Yeah, because, again, you, you saw you saw the doubters when he, he went to to uh, Tampa Bay, you know, and the story was always, you know, who's who's going to get the win as far as the departure, the breakup? Is it going to be Belichick or is it going to be Brady? And Brady, so, yeah, Brady quickly Brady won that, that, that breakup. Yeah. yeah, so he won that. But then as the team, though, you're fighting to be that first team to play in your own stadium for the Super Bowl. And so I think that's more motivation, and I'm sure he had that on his mind too. If he's telling teammates not to cry because they win the <laughs> NFC Championship game, there's no doubt in my mind that that's on his mind as well. Yeah. And then also, I completely forgot to mention it at the top, but um, there was a report by Adam Schefter that a barber that about 20 Kansas City Chiefs players and staff were scheduled to have haircuts with tested positive for COVID-19. Their, uh, one player was actually mid-cut when they found out that um, the barber tested positive. Uh, based off the timing of when the test was uh, administered and when the results came in. But, yeah, so it's uh, 20 people, including Patrick Mahomes, other players and staff members, in line for a haircut uh, on Sunday with a, a barber who tested positive, sources told Adam Schefter. Uh, backup center Daniel Kilgore was the player who was literally in the chair when the barber found out that the COVID-19 test he took was positive. And so the, I guess Kilgore was literally in the chair. The barber were, they were both wearing masks. Uh, according to this report, he Kilgore was deemed a close contact, but he told the barber to finish his haircut. Thank God. Oh, hey, you don't want to have haircut now. Well, what's funny was is Daniel Kilgore on his Twitter account changed his profile picture to like a photoshopped image of like a half-shaved head on his head as like a joke once the report came out. So it was uh, Kilgore was definitely uh, like in good spirits. Obviously, he's quarantining. He's continuing to test negative, hopefully. Uh, and if he does continue to test negative, uh, he's going to be allowed to fly into Tampa Bay on Saturday a day after the team arrives. I believe they're supposed to they're scheduled to fly in on Friday. So, it's I mean, hey, we got through all 256 regular season games. We got through all the the postseason games up to the Super Bowl. I'd hate the last one to be canceled. So far everyone's uh been okay. Uh the Chiefs were made 
the Chiefs also put wide receiver Demarcus Robinson uh, on the COVID-19 reserve list because they were deemed close contacts. So it's everything is okay as long as everyone keeps testing negative. Um, but it looks like we're on schedule well, to play the game on Sunday. Well, I hate to be the pessimist in this, but I feel like I have to bring it up. Are there any chances that the game gets canceled? And if so, do they just postpone it for a week, a couple days? I think you just move it to. I think you just move it to the next Sunday. Sunday yeah, right? you oh, can't man. do you can't do Monday. You can't do Super Bowl Monday. Ah, well, that'd be. Hey, we saw Super Bowl. Uh, not Super Bowl. We saw games uh, this Hold season on. for the if they the Wednesday. If they were to fucking move it to like a Monday or a Tuesday, like oh, they'd piss off a lot of people. Just I just want to put it into, into perspective, really quick. Just imagine everybody's. Gathering around, even though they're not supposed to, and having a party. You know, people are getting together, having food. I'd call out sick, Jacob. I would call out sick if the Super yeah. Bowl was on a Monday or a Tuesday. But, but I'm, I'm right now. I'm, I'm talking about just Sunday, and then the game gets canceled. All that food just kind of went to waste, so to oh, speak. Oh no, that food's getting eaten. It's getting eaten. That but food's it's like, getting eaten, but, Jacob. But, but the the purpose of the party is is a dud, you know. And then you move over to your next point on Monday. Do people call out of work? Like, I've already said that the Monday after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday anyway. Well, because everybody's hungover and they can they can barely eat anything else because they've eaten so much wings and chips and all this other kinds of stuff. Hey, listen, I didn't lose almost 40 pounds over the last year to not pick out the Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, there's a couple days during the year that you can eat whatever the hell you want, <laughs> and that's one of them. So, I mean, listen, it's it's. I good. hope they don't cancel it. That, that's just I don't one th- thing. I think we're going to be okay. We got through the entire regular season and the postseason up to now. Hats off to the NFL for getting it done. We're not even going to bring any more energy to what Jacob was talking about with that pessimism. Hey, I have to bring it up. It's a it's a valuable point, just arguing because people are getting haircuts and, you know, people are testing positive. Hey, you just got a haircut. I did, and I got a <laughs> bunch of crap for it, too. <laughs> it's okay. So I just got a haircut last week, too. So um, I think I'm fine. Yeah, I'll be all right, too. Um, but all right. Uh, do we want to do a score prediction? Just oh, uh, for well, shits and giggles? Well, I don't know if I can give an exact number, but mm, it's for sure going to be high scoring. I mean, you you talked about that, that the defenses are, are fine and ever, but you have such potent offenses on both sides. Like, and, I, I legitimately think we're getting like a 42-38 score yeah, type I don't, thing. If it's, if it's anything like that uh, Rams and uh, New England game, I'll be disappointed as hell, but I doubt it's going to be anything like that. It's going to be for sure over the 30s. So. Well, Speaking of that Rams New England game, let's uh let's transition to the big news out of Los Angeles this week. I'm very excited about this. Uh at 7 p.m. on Saturday, Adam Schefter dropped a bomb. He dropped a Shefty bomb that Rams quarterback Jared Goff was being traded along with what turned out to be a third round pick in this upcoming year's draft and two first round picks one in 2022 and one in 2023 to Detroit for Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford. This is the first exchange of former number one overall picks in the common draft era, which is uh, uh, established in 1967, according to the NFL. But the deal can't be made official until the start of the new league year on March 17th. So neither team has commented publicly on this reported trade agreement because they can't but there was also another report that Matt Stafford and Sean McVay were seen in Cabo together eating dinner 
the same night the trade was announced. So, I mean, it's it's pretty much... Uh, that looks pretty fishy to me. I mean, uh, I, they were probably having fish fish for dinner. That's Cabo, it. seafood. That it, message is, is can't be any clearer. Yeah. So, I, I mean, listen, hey, when I got the alert, I was shocked. Not not at the fact that Goff was traded because I I kind of had seen the writing on the wall, but also not at the fact that Stafford was traded because it was uh, made publicly known that Stafford had requested a trade and his time in Detroit was over once they hired Dan Campbell and and new GM Brad Holmes. But I'm I was shocked that it happened so quickly. Really uh, was what I was most surprised about, but. Detroit's new GM, Brad Holmes, he comes from the Rams organization. He was in charge of the Rams college scouting and had a hand in the decision of drafting Goff to L.A. So it makes sense that Detroit and L.A. came to an agreement. And I guess it it now makes more sense of why it came together so quickly. So, Jacob, what were your initial thoughts when you saw the alert that Jared Goff was being traded for Matthew Stafford? Well, honestly, it wasn't really surprising to me. Uh, I was more surprised of how fast it was done. Right. But, that's, I, that's, but I wasn't surprised. I, was surprised I wasn't surprised that it happened. I think the reason why is because you saw, me and you Rams fans, you saw how frustrating it was to watch Goff this past season. And even in prior seasons, it kind of had been on and off. You were kind of like, oh, man, he's he's." Good at times, and then other times he showed flashes. Yeah, you're ripping your hair out because you're watching him, you know, struggle. But I think this season, more than ever, was it just clearer that I think those those issues were going to get worse. And I think the GM for for the Rams, they think they just felt management felt like it was time to move on. And obviously, they pulled the plug on a you know semi. Um, you know, I, I would I I, would, I don't want to say this age wise. I guess in quarterback in Stafford, you know, he's still he still got yeah, some Stafford's thirty two. Yeah, he still has some good years left in him. You know, but I do feel like Detroit wasted a lot of his years. Because, oh, Detroit wasted his entire career. Yeah, so it, it sucks. So that's why I think I I like this trade for the Rams because again, you see how much uh, Goff is struggling, and now you're bringing in a quarterback who's more established and more reliable. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a I think it's a great trade for both teams. I mean, I'm not the the biggest Jared Goff fan after my sample size of him here in Los Angeles the last four years but I mean he showed some flashes and I mean yeah that's the in thing. a new system new environment and and Detroit is going through a, a complete flip of their organization uh, with a new GM and a new head coach and now a new quarterback so I there's there's definitely bright spots for both organizations with this trade. So which is 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 funny there is and I mentioned his his struggles but if we're being honest here he's his biggest struggles was his first two years under Jeff Fisher. You know, those well, he were only the, played one year. Uh, well uh, one year, yeah. But those those are the years that that really struggled. But then obviously you get McVeigh, completely new system, kind of played to his strengths. But then, for some reason, just didn't really work out. Well, and I mean, after the Super Bowl, they gave him that big contract, and man, so much of that was guaranteed too. <laughs> uh, listen, the fact that the Rams were able to get off of Goff's contract is so huge. I mean, we we've kind of been talking about it. He, in my opinion, he he was not developing the way a number one overall pick should have been developing. And I know, like we said, he they were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And their offense was historic that year, but they put up three points in the Super Bowl. 
And I know some can say that's on game plan and coaching and strategy and all of that, but it also comes down to execution from the players on the field. And it starts with the quarterback in football. The quarterback is the only player that is guaranteed to touch the ball every play. And so, I mean, it, it was the, the writing was on the wall. Jared's golf, Jared Goff's time in Los Angeles was numbered as the like as the season was progressing it it was kind of becoming more clear that that was the case and Goff according to some people that are in the know apparently he had some work work ethic issues and you saw McVay he he wouldn't commit to him after the season was over Sean McVay said it was going to be an open quarterback competition this offseason with Goff, John Wolford, who started a game this year uh, for an injured Goff, and then he ends up getting hurt. So Goff has to come in. So there Jeez. was all of that. Yeah. And yeah, the, well, the, then the, the Rams, injuries don't wait, help. Well, and then the Rams also signed Duck Hodges this offseason. Uh, I think it was like a week or two ago. So it was going to be an open quarterback competition. So, I mean, I'm interested to see what this move does to Jared Goff's career. I mean, he was basically, I mean, he, he's basically getting sent to NFL Siberia. Yeah, but that's, hey, that's what Detroit is. <laughs> hey, look what getting Detroit, uh, getting traded from L.A. to Detroit did for Blake Griffin. So maybe there's some hope for Jared Goff. Uh, yeah, there's there's definitely progression, but, but I don't I also, think, I I also don't think your be franchise surpri- goes anywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Goff doesn't last the full season as a starter for Detroit next year. I I think he could end up becoming the backup there. Which is which is tough for him because, you know, you're given the keys to the offense for so many years and then you get traded and then you end up a backup. So I think that would be a huge blow to obviously to his ego. Um, I, I would really hope that he succeeds over there because I do think yeah, he has qualities. Yeah, the best for him, but hey, I, I mean, I, time to move on. I do, yeah, I, again, I think he has qualities of a, of a solid quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback, but... Shouldn't have been the number one overall pick. No, he really shouldn't. And again, I think McVay's offense is really what have kind of propelled him and for sure. hi- highlighted him, you know? For it sure. was It wasn't just him as a player because him on the move, when he would run, that was always hard to watch. You know, when again, when the pocket was breaking down and he had to scramble, that was really tough to watch. So, again, he has certain qualities that can get him there, but I think Stafford is a huge upgrade, though. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, en- enough about Jared Goff. Let's, let's talk about Matt Stafford because I'm so excited to bring Matthew Stafford in to this team. I think he has a chance to rejuvenate his career in Los Angeles with the Rams. Like you said, Jacob, he was completely wasted in Detroit. Because the Lions franchise is notoriously known as one of the worst franchises in all of sports. And Sean McVay is going to have so much fun with this offense, I think, because Stafford can move around. He keeps plays alive, unlike Jared Goff. He he doesn't just sit there in the pocket and it collapses and all of a sudden Jared Goff is on the ground and the ball is out and it's a turnover. Um, and... Stafford has a cannon of an arm. Oh, he has a hell of an arm. And with weapons like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, we got Van Jefferson along with Cam Akers both coming into their second seasons. I think the Rams are definitely going to be fighting for home field advantage in the NFC playoffs, even a, maybe even a first-round bye, and could make a deep playoff run if everything goes right for them. I mean, Matt Stafford is... Oh, on a whole nother level 
compared to Jared Goff as a quarterback. What's what's funny though is about this trade is that I, the Rams' issue was never with defense. I, obviously, no, I mean, this, the defense this trade, is this team. yeah, the, this trade enhanced what was missing, and that was on the offensive end. And we always talked about it that the Rams went as Goff went, and so that's why it was so hard to watch them play at times because when he was struggling, he wouldn't give the defense enough time to rest. They'd be on the field multiple times and yeah. a drive, and so you tire them out. So then you have all kinds of aspects destroying your your chance of winning a game. But with Stafford coming in. You mentioned he keeps the plays alive, and he is that reliable quarterback. Again, you didn't really see too much of that in Detroit because he gets his time wasted there, but I think he gets really highlighted here with uh, with McVay's offense. Yeah, totally. And, I mean, Matthew Stafford ranks in the top 20 all-time in pass attempts, completions, passing yards, passing touchdowns, and ranks third all-time in passing yards per game. I mean – I mean, the travesty that is the Detroit Lions wasted such a talent that is Matt Stafford, and now he's going to be under Sean McVay. Oh man, yeah, it's just it's just really going to play. It's just really going to play to his strengths. <laughs> I'm so excited, dude! I'm so excited. Well, it's a bigger upgrade than Goff. Yes. Now. The Rams did give up two first-round picks in this draft or in this trade, and also a third-round pick in this year's draft. So two future firsts and a third round in this year. Third-round picks that that's a pretty solid pick, but the first-round picks realistically in the Rams' mind, those are later-round first-round picks because the Rams think they're going to be in the hunt for a Super Bowl based off of this their trajectory with the team that they have. So. I'm very interested to see what happens with those picks because as of right now, the picks that they've given up, like the first round picks that they've given up, they haven't really turned out out like turned out into much. And I believe it was Seattle Rams who brought it up on Twitter. I have to find it, but I might I might not be able to find it in time for this. Um jeez. Oh, it's fun. I'm going through his numbers too. He's only been to the postseason three times. Yeah, I'm, it's to me. To me, that's baffling. But it also doesn't. It doesn't surprise me either because of the franchise he played with. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the problem. And and even to get them there three times is a feat in itself. Yeah. So. Okay. So, realistically, in 2017, they trade the Rams traded their first round pick to Tennessee to to move up to get golf. 2018. They they used their first-round pick in a trade to New England for Brandon Cooks. In 2019, they traded out of the first round with Atlanta. In 2020, in 2021, so last year and this year's first-round picks, they went to Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey. And then 2022 and 2023 go to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. And Seattle Rams uh, had a, a great graphic that had all of the picks and what they turned into for each of the teams that were they were traded to and realistically nobody like none of these picks have turned into anything no so which is which is funny cuz during during all these trades people always say well we gave up 3 picks 
I said, yeah, but you have to understand, they're just picks. Right. That's all they are right now. They're just picks. You can you can reap about this later on when they turn into a star player. But right now, they are just picks. That's all they are. Well, and that was, I mean, t- to make a basketball comparison, that's exactly the Lakers' thoughts with the trade for Anthony Davis and all the, the pick swaps and the picks that they gave up. Yeah, well, that was picks and players. But, yeah, but I know what you mean, though, because you're giving up so many future draft picks. Right. And but, nobody really thinks about them in the moment. Some people do, and they make it a bigger deal than it actually is. Uh, but it, <laughs> but it can. Yeah. Boston Celtics. But they are just picks, though. Right now, they may not seem like a uh, they they may seem like a big deal, but you Jacob, you worry that later on. Jacob, as a fan, forget the team. As a fan, I could care less about twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. You're worried. I want the, the Rams to win the twenty twenty one Super Bowl. Yeah, I think with the Rams though. Well, I guess it would be twenty twenty two with the with the Rams the way be, the season goes. But you get what I'm saying. Because I, they're I to win next year's Super Bowl. Because they're in such a big market, obviously Los Angeles. They they feel like they have to buy in, and their time to win is now. They can't be waiting. They can't be drafting they players. They just got a new stadium. and Exactly. And so. honestly, I heard uh, Matt Money Smith and Petros uh, Papadakis on Petros and Money, they were talking about the the this trade and the Rams and, and the Chargers dynamic here in Los Angeles. The Rams saw what the Chargers are doing with Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert looks like he could be the next young, great quarterback in this league, and the electricity that he brought to the Chargers franchise this year and the Rams looked at what Jared Goff was doing for them even though their defense was so great and they made the playoffs they were like we need to do something like yeah our- but, but they knew they had to upgrade at quarterback and it was time I mean right you said the writing was on the wall and it, it was it was clearer than ever that after this season they needed to move him and get a more sustainable guy and you get that in Stafford because again your time to win for the Rams is now this this Thing of drafting people and and building through the draft that's not them that's not how they're gonna win a Super Bowl or even get there yeah no I, I think the time to win a Super Bowl is definitely now they were in the Super Bowl two years ago they missed the playoffs the year after they make it to the divisional round after upsetting their division rival in the wild card game this year so next year it's like all right we missed the playoffs we made the playoffs after being in the Super Bowl. We need to make it back to the Super Bowl. But but it's so funny. You you just described their track record, and that's literally Jared Goff's time here with the Rams. Rocky, up, down, up, down, up, down. Very roller coaster like. Yeah. You know, he has his has his highs, has his lows. You know, as most quarterbacks do, but the sustainable ones, like Stafford, they tend to keep things consistent for the most part. And with Goff, I think you didn't really see that with him. Right. And I mean, like we said, I I got all the faith in the world in Sean McVay as a coach, so I think he is going to put Matt Stafford in plenty of opportunities for success in that offense. So I'm I'm really excited for it. Um, yeah, I mean it. I mean we got a lot of great football here in Los Angeles coming up over the next few years. I think like like Matt and Petros were talking about, and like I was saying. Um, with the Chargers and the Rams and and their quarterback situation, and both teams I think are are definitely on the rise. And then also we got some great football coming up on Sunday. Oh, man, Sunday I cannot wait for Sunday. <laughs> but I, the one thing I did want to add though about the Rams trade, you know, for for uh, for Stafford and giving up Goff, there was some Rams player uh, Rams fans I should say that were really pissed about this trade. I don't understand why they were so pissed. 
I, I don't. I don't I didn't get know, it. I don't. I didn't know a single Rams fan that did, was pissed. Did they have so much faith in Goff? Had they not seen what he did the previous season? Were, sure, he wait, got him hold on, Super hold on. Were they pissed at Goff leaving, or were they pissed at trading Goff for Stafford because they wanted Deshaun Watson? Because that'd be the only was, thing that I could yeah, think is that was, would be upsetting. It, it was more of who they gave up Goff for. Interesting. But again, Stafford's not a big time player. But he is your consistent guy. He is the safe choice in this. I you know, mean, sure, you want to shoot for the Deshaun Watsons and and you know the bigger name quarterbacks, but you also have to be realistic if you're the Rams. And they were, and they saw an opportunity in a guy who was probably going to get them to the playoffs more. Well, and, and I think I think with what we saw with what the Rams gave up for Matt Stafford, I think Deshaun Watson was just going to be out of the Rams' price range. Yeah, when I also saw something too, it was like. If this is what it takes to get Stafford, just imagine what it's going to be like to get Watson. Wait, that was like the the James Harden deal. <laughs> yeah, because nowadays these these players, when they get moved around because they say they don't want to play for that franchise anymore, you're have you're going to have to give up so much just to get that player. We live in the power or the player empowerment era. Right yeah, now. this 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 time of of the player being traded here, and that's not where they wanted to go. Those days are over. You've uh, in in essence, you kind of create your own destiny. For yeah. these, as these players, you know, it's, you choose where you want to play at. It's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, all right, you got a shout out before we get out of here? Uh, I don't actually this week. I'm just, I'm just excited for the Super Bowl. That's it. <laughs> okay. I got something to look forward to. Well, I obviously got a shout out, Maddie Stafford. Welcome to Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You're not on Twitter, so you. Didn't, I am. I just don't use it that much. Well, I don't. You probably didn't see Petros giving me shit. Uh, on Twitter for uh, sarcastically, I, full disclosure, I was drinking and I was trying to be sarcastic and clearly drinking and sarcasm and tweeting do they not do go not well. Mix well. Um, but obviously when Matt Stafford was, like it was announced that he was traded to the Los Angeles Rams, everyone started bringing up the fact that Clayton Kershaw and him are childhood friends and Clayton Kershaw was the center on his high school team and they they grew up playing sports together and all of that. Uh, so in my shout out, I was uh, sarcastically going to say, I'm sure Clayton Kershaw is stoked to have his best friend come into play in the same city. So Petros was giving me shit for my tweet about it. Uh, and I retweeted a couple others. So he he said I had multiple. And then obviously the PMS union uh, shout out Ryan. Uh, he, he was giving me shit for it as well. Just kind of playing along with the banter. So uh, shout out Ryan uh, at PMS union. Uh, go go follow and be a part of the union union strong. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I support the union. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so shout out Ryan and uh, all of the PMS union members. So, uh, all right, with that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show, so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.